Hi everyone, this is Scott Lutz and hope you're all having a great Saturday so far. Today we are in Psalm 19, 1 through 14, and then we're going to go to Acts 27, 1 through 44 for your New Testament reading. So let's go ahead and read the scripture. Psalm 19, for the director of music is Psalm of David. The heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech, night after night they display knowledge there is no speech or language where their voice is not heard their voice goes out into all the earth their words to to the ends of the world in the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun which is like a bridegroom coming forth for his pavilion like a champion rejoicing to run his course if rises it rises at one end of the heavens and makes it circuit makes it circuit to the other nothing is hidden for its heat the law of the lord is perfect reviving the soul the statutes of the lord are trustworthy making wise the simple the perceptions of the lord are right giving joy to the heart the commands of the lord are radiant giving light to the eyes the fear of the lord is pure endure Enduring forever, the ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. But them, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins, well, they, may they not rule over me. Then will I be blameless, innocent of great transgressions. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in the sight, in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let's go ahead and head to your New Testament reading. Okay, so this is your New Testament reading of the day, Acts 27, 1 through um, 44. Paul sails for Rome. Let's go ahead and read the scripture. When it was decided that we would sail for Italy, Paul and some other prisoners were handed over to a centurion named Julius, who belonged to the Imperial Regiment. We boarded a ship for an ad remitium, about to sail for ports along the coast of, province, of the province of Asia, and we put out to sea. Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica, was with us. The next day we landed at Sidon, Sidon, and Julius, in kindness to Paul, allowed him to be, go to his friends so they might provide for his needs. From there we put out to sea again and passed the lee of Cyprus, but because the winds were against us. When he had sailed across the open sea of the coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we landed at Myra in, in Lycra, Lycia. There the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing from Italy and put us on board. We made slow headway for many days and had difficulty arriving at Canidas, where 
where the wind did not allow us to hold our course. We sailed to the Lee of Crete, opposite Sol Salmon. We moved along the coast and, with difficulty and came to a place called Fair Havens near the town of Lesia. Much time had been lost and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the fast. So Paul warned them, Men, I can see that we that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to the ship and cargo, to our own lives also. But the centurion, insist, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. Since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that we should sail on hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This was a harbor in Crete, facing both southwest and northwest. The storm. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they thought they had obtained what they wanted. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of, of Crete. Before very long, a wind hurricane force called the Northeastern swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not heel head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along as we passed to the lee of a small island called Kata. We were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. When the men had had hoisted it aboard, they they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together, fearing they would run aground on the sandbars of Citrus. They lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be dri driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. After the men had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have, been, have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage, because not, not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night an angel of God, whose I, I am and who I'm, I serve, stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that I will ha that it will happen just as you told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. The shipwreck. On the fourteenth day, we were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea when, about midnight, the sailors sensed they were approaching land. They took soundings and found that the water was 120 feet deep. And a short time later, they took soundings again and found it, found it was 90 feet deep. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed 
for the day for daylight. In an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboats down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. Then Paul said to the centurion and soldiers, Unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it fall away. Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, You have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. After he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. Altogether, there were 276 of us on board. When they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. When daylight came, they did not recognize the land, but they saw a bay with a sandy beach, where they decided, where they decided to run the ship aground if they could. Cutting loose the anchors, they left them in the sea, and at the sh- same time untied the ropes that held the shut- rudders. Then they hoisted the foresail to the wind and made it for the beach. But the ship struck up sandbar and ran aground. The bow struck fast. The bow stuck fast and would not move, and the stern was broken to pieces by the pounding of the surf. The soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping, but the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who couldn't swim to jump overboard first and get to get to land. The rest were getting were to get there on planks or on pieces of of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land and safety. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Dear God, I just praise you. I thank you for everything you've done. I ask, Lord, that you watch over us, keep us safe from the enemy. I ask this in your precious name, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a good day.